Good morning. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul and Jolene. And today we're going to talk about description in gaming. Now, when Saul and I, when we came across this topic, I said, didn't we already talk about this? And I know we've talked about it in many different ways, <laughs> but I couldn't actually find an episode called Description. <laughs> so, and I looked, there's way too many episodes now to figure these things out. I think I looked, I looked, I know, I don't think I looked, I looked and I couldn't find anything that was titled description. And I know we've talked about it when we talked about setting the scene and yes. different kinds of things like that, but I don't remember exactly what we talked about it. So obviously you won't either. So we'll just <laughs> do this one and there you go. We're specifically talking about descriptions and scenes. So I don't think we had this topic before. Right. Anyway. <laughs> so in video video games. <laughs> in role playing games, the GM, lore master, whatever you want to call him, he or she usually describes the scene. They tell you where you're at. The players go, We want to go to the tavern, well, no matter what kind of game it is. They go, Okay, sure, you find one. Uh, right? That's how it works. And they go, We're going to go inside. Sure. And so you might say, Oh, there's a, there's a few patrons in there. Or you might not even describe it too much. People go, oh, so what does it look like? And so I think when players are asking for information, I think they really want to like see what's going on, right? I think, I think you're correct. I think that all the things I've read about describing scenes and describing your world to the players yes. is it's a, it's a very important part of the game, and it is, because when I play, I want to know what's going on. And the way you figure that out is either the GM tells you what you're seeing in the bar or he asks you, what do you see? Depending on the kind of game it is, right? That's true. So if he's setting up the the scene for you, there's important things in the description. You don't want it to be too detailed because then you're going to lose your players as they're sitting at the table. But you want it to be <laughs> detailed enough where they get the feeling of the bar, right? <laughs> there's a difference between saying that you walk into the tavern and there's some patrons eating food or when having drinks, or you say you walk into a tavern and there's it's smoky and it smells like old ale, oh. or the there's someone in the corner that looks suspicious, right? There's different ways to describe stuff, right? And it's going to evoke a different feeling too, right? When you describe when you walk into a tavern and you say, "Oh yeah, there's patrons in there," and then players go, "Oh okay," but if you describe it as smelling like old ale you're like oh you get a feeling of what kind of inn or tavern this is that means they don't clean it very well it doesn't smell like uh what is it pine salt pine salt exactly (laughs) (laughs) or if you go into a tavern and you you would it goes and you're describing the you say oh patrons are there they're eating and then you can smell uh, beef stew beef stew and fresh bread being baked yeah and then that's going to evoke a different kind of place one they have good food yes right and two, it's clean. Right. It doesn't smell like AO and stinky bodies. So I think just with the just and just real simple. I mean, that is a real simple description and adding elements to a scene that can change the way the players see the scene. Right. Right. And I think that's amazing. I think that's amazing how how if you just go by sight alone, uh, I think we're listening to some people saying, you know, include more senses and that'll give it more of real effect. And I and I've you know I'm guilty as charged. I don't do that. Every once in a while. Well, it depends on on the game. Well, there's there's also people that go. I'm going to say overboard on the description, <laughs> and 
and I've seen it and I've been sitting in games where the GM really wants you to be immersed in their setting. Right. And the way they're doing it is they're going to tell you all the details. It's like, I love Robert Jordan. I love the Wheel of Time series. I was going to mention Robert Jordan. (laughs) And I love his descriptiveness. But my friend Chris and even Kathy and Saul, because he listened to those two, so it really got to him after that. Undo influence. Was that he likes, his description of stuff is so flavorful. And when you're reading a book but you're reading the eighth book in the series and he's still doing the description the same way he did in the first book to some people that's overboard to me. It's like, Oh yeah, I get that. It brings you back to the feeling of where you are. Right. Right. But when you're playing a role-playing game, you're not reading a book. You have six people sitting around a table or online and online. It's a little easier because you can put a picture of the tavern, right. That you're thinking of. But if you don't describe certain things to people, everybody has a, still a different idea of what it is. Right. But if you say, oh, well, when you walk into this tavern, it smells like old ale and smoke, then you're going to know the kind of tavern you're <laughs> in versus versus you walk into a tavern with fresh bread breaking, baking, and you can see that it's nice and clean, right? Just by that description. Yeah. I think you're, I hadn't even thought about that is that when you do do that, when you do describe like those two two different dichotomies, you, the players are gonna see, they're gonna see uh, what is it, different possibilities in in that place, right? One, they're gonna make assumptions about the the, the innkeeper, the, or the tavern, the clientele, and all kinds of inferred like, well, am I gonna, am I gonna be able to find? Let's say you're looking for a thief. Is a thief gonna be here? Oh, uh, for some reasons, I vote in my mind, yes. Because it's a seedy place, and the and rogues are seedy, or thieves are seedy, but it doesn't make any sense. The thief could be in either one of them. Yeah, it could be, but for me, I'm thinking, oh, it's a seedy bar. It's a- but if you, but if you're like, if you're, if you're playing Shadowrun, and well, all bars in Shadowrun are probably seedy, but um, whether they're nice or not, but or anything, people know the difference between what. Well, I'm gonna say people and this is just my personal experience because <laughs> i don't know what people know for me i know the, the difference between a cd bar and a nice bar because okay. i've been in both of them so i've seen the you know like you know the type of people are going to be there yeah versus the type of people that are going to be there exactly the yuppies versus the working class people that kind of thing different right. kind of no. But everybody has their own idea. So even if I if I if I tell people that I'm sitting around a table with that you walk into a tavern and it smells like beer, some people are going to go, "Oh, well, maybe someone spilled a beer." Yeah. And some people are going to go, "Oh, this place hasn't been cleaned in six months, right?" <laughs> That's true. You're right because everybody's going to have everybody takes things differently. You, you, we've all played that game of telephone uh, as a kid where you say something and it travels through one person to another person, and everybody's going to have a different. By the time you get back to the, the last person, the first person, that's not the same word that you said. Because everybody's going to hear it differently. And then, and if they don't hear it clearly, they're going to, okay, that's the word they said, even though that's not the word they said. So it changes, right? So everybody's different. So everybody's going to hear what you say and apply their own vision vision of yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. I think there was a there was a time when we went to that. We were at a... Pacificon, and that guy was saying, may everybody close their eyes and describe something. And then when they open their eyes, give them a picture of what you described. And that way, one, you, you got their imagination rolling. And two, when they open their eyes and you show them a picture, 
you're cementing your vision instead of like all these various div- visions that they could be looking at, right? Right. Because when you say, oh, it's an old bridge, it spans a water that's white water rapid, everybody's going to see something different. Yes, and depending on what games you play in with bridges, you're going to have ideas about what's going to happen. I always think of like a, a elven bridge, you know, like the one that uh, Aragorn and what's her name were kissing on. Was that in the movie? Maybe not, but I've seen that. I've seen that picture. I don't know. I always think of a bridge as a rickety bridge <laughs> that I'm probably not going to make it across. <laughs> yeah, bridge. We were just we we put this play last night. It was a successful bridge crossing. There was a log that somebody had fallen over a a, a bridge a, a river, and we successfully crossed it. Even though Mike almost Mike's character almost took one, and he did a kind of like a Benny. He did a saving his luck roll. He made it. Scenes can be very important, and I think the the more descriptive you are, the better it is. But you're right; there is a limit that you want to not go over as far as being too descriptive right because you don't you maybe you do want some of the the players to come up with their own stuff and maybe when they like oh is it like this they imagine something and then you they tell you what they think it looks like i think it matters more to the character to the player right because they're going oh yeah i could totally see that to me when that happens players are really buying in right they're really in your game and want to keep playing and and uh, you have a lot of what do you call it? You have their attention. I think as a GM, that's important, right? If it if it doesn't matter to you what kind of tavern it is, sure. right? And you tell them you walk into the tavern and you smell bread baking, and then somebody says, "Oh, they're very excited about it," and they're gonna tell you what they see, right? right. So you can use whatever they say as the part of the, the right. disc- can- incorporate it because there's no reason not to. Right, and I think. That's helpful for the GM. I'm totally for alleviate the weight that the GM has in running the game. And if you can partial out some of that work to the players, like using their imagination to fill in these little description gaps that you don't really, really want, you may not care too much, or two, you get tired of coming up with stuff sometimes, right? Like, oh, how many bars or taverns do characters been in? thousands probably right and so you try to make each one different and stuff so i think when when you allow players to come up with stuff and say well and then they go and they might ask oh does it have this or is there a piano in the corner or whatever sure uh, is there a stage and, and then they go well, what kind of stage you're looking what kind of stage you're looking for and then they describe it they go, oh yeah that's that's exactly what's happening or that's what's there and i think that really does help immerse the players in your game and i think when you're when you're building a game or you're running a game that's what you want. You want your players to be in the world that you're creating or helping create. And I think if you allow them to help you with descriptions a little bit, and we talked about that before, I think they really, really, they really get excited about playing. It it helps with player agency for them to yes. for people to feel like like they're helping you to not only create the world but they have some say in what's going on, right? Right. And I think we've talked about it before, and we how much we like the game. Feng Shui says that it's actually codified in the rules that the players should help describe the scene. Feng Shui is one of those games that, that does it very well because you're, you can set up a scene, right? But then the players have an opportunity to whatever's in, whatever they envision in that scene because it's a, a movie kind of thing, right? So if you need a jackhammer to be there, then the, the GM isn't going to tell you it's not there. Well, I mean, unless it's in the office building, I mean. Well, maybe they're doing construction. Okay, well, okay, so you can do that. I think 
don't know if I allow anything nilly willy, as some people say, or as I say. Only you. <laughs> <laughs> to put stuff in, but if it makes sense, then it's something that I would like. Like a construction scene, I can see a jackhammer, or a street scene where they're on a street and maybe oh maybe there is um, some street construction. Okay, I can see a jackhammer. Uh, but why would a jackhammer be laying around? I don't know. In a in a nice restaurant. Yes, the, <laughs> probably not. But but in a nice restaurant chandelier, you can yeah. swing on and stuff like that. I think as long as it makes sense, unless we really want to play a game of anything happens, then it can get kind of crazy. So there's reasons why you why the description is important, right? One, you want the players to be able to to feel like they're there. Also, it's important to just let them know what they're seeing, right? And let them come up with how they feel about it. You don't want to tell them that, right? Yeah, you don't want to tell them how about their feelings. Well, like you you go into a bar, and you don't you're like very this guy. suspicious of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> you don't you don't want to say that. You that that's like leading them in a certain direction where as the GM, you're just supposed to pre- give them the scene and let them play out what they want to do. Objection, right? Your Honor, leading the witness. <laughs> yes. So the that, man in the corner looks very suspicious to yes. you. Yeah, you don't want to do that, but you just describe the person. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about how the characters perceive things and not how... Just... I don't know if we were talking about it on the podcast. Oh, no, we weren't. Because we got Sorry. interrupted. Yeah. I was saying that <laughs> when when one of the things when I was doing the research on this topic was people were saying that you want to to describe it how the players would perceive it not or as the how the character would per- perceive it not necessarily the player right, right. that cuz there's meta gaming and there's um in game right so in game you're describing the scene in their heads there might be meta game stuff right right now, I'm not totally sure what the difference is be- between describing it, how the player's going to perceive it, versus what you're thinking in your head. Hmm. This might be taking some, uh, an, uh, what is it, uh, player agency away from a player, but but like maybe uh, describe it to the different players depending on the, their character class or, or the type of character they are. Like, for example, to the rogue, thief, who walks in, scoundrel, depending on the game you're playing, he'll notice that, oh, this person has uh, a fat wallet or is spending a lot of money or he is has a very expensive wine at his table. You can't, you can't see Saul's eyeballs, but when he's describing <laughs> that, his eyeballs are getting bigger and bigger because he's thinking about what the rogue is going to see. Right, and then so that may... And then that's all you say. Well, he has a very expensive bottle of wine sitting there and... You might notice that his uh, he has a large necklace. Where a fighter or a brute or whatever, depending on the game, bounty hunter might see somebody uh, describe the person instead of like things that he has, like this demeanor. Or like you immediately think, oh, this guy, this guy is might he has a bulge under his jacket, like you know, like one of the, I forget what they call him. The, the cops have old detective shows that the cops used to have the, yeah, the pistol the, underneath the jacket. And uh, so you would describe, depending on who is asking and who's in the scene, you would describe it differently because they would notice different things. If they're asking. Yeah. I if you're describing would, it to the whole party and you, you stop to, dis, to discuss this expensive bottle of wine on one table, everybody's going to go 
everybody's going to focus on that table, right? That's Trying true. to figure out stuff. Yeah, I, I guess you would say I don't want to take I don't want to take player agency <coughs> if I just give them that information, or do I wait to the to like do I wait for that character to ask for that? Stuff? That's the ultimate thing, yes. right? What is it that you're you want to be descriptive enough so they know where they are, but you don't want to be too descriptive that they think you're trying to push them in one direction, especially if you're not, right? If you're if you just are in a tavern for just you're there. Right. Just for like, you know, some downtime. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the bar. Let's go shopping or whatever. Yeah. I, you're right. I, 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 I got to wonder how much description to put in and how much because you could lead the party down the rabbit hole. Right. And without even meaning to. Right. right? You're just you know, throwing out descriptions left and right. It's and like, like it's like mm, when you're throwing in red herrings for and when you're doing plots. Right. Or yes. you're, you're, you don't want to do that because those red herrings are might be where they decide to go. And they might think those are the utmost important yes. things to do, <laughs> follow up on. Which unless it, unless it's uh, something they could easily dismiss in very short order, but I I would definitely like not limit a. I mean I would definitely limit a red herring to a very short encounter type of thing. Maybe you know not ten fifteen minutes kind of thing that they can get out of the way. You definitely don't want to spend a whole session. Dealing with a red herring. Interestingly enough, I was reading the reading about what people thought that you should describe for your role playing games, and they came up with all of these things that I would have never thought of. Like they say, when you're do, using description, make sure that it's advancing your plot. I don't know how to do that. I mean, if you're going into a bar or you're on a road, maybe you meet someone who's going to advance the plot, but oh. I don't necessarily. When, when, depending on how you run a game, right, you kind of want the, the players to figure out how to advance the plot versus you describing it to them. That's just, yeah. I, I don't know. There were some things that I thought were well, interesting but odd. I think I could see that if, like, maybe the characters are lost or the players, I should say, are lost and don't know which way to go. So you, with descriptions and stuff like that, you can move the plot forward. At least the plot you're thinking of. But when it comes to the players, what is it? Their players' own initiative. I mean, it, it, you really got to, that's a, for me, it's a fine line to walk. It's pretty hard to walk too when you, like, you don't want to lead the witness, right, right? right? That's the problem I have is like hitting them with a, I mentioned it last time, the clue hammer, right? Oh, this is, this is the way to go. And some people might take exception to that. They could want to figure it out themselves. And I think, Maybe being too uh, descriptive in that sense that leading the, the players and not letting the players have agency. That's interesting. I had not even thought about using descriptions or scenes like that to advance. The, and not everything has to advance the plot, though. That's right. another thing. Yeah. Is that unless, <laughs> unless you're Paul Cthulhu and paranoid about everything, where not everything has to make sense or not everything has to deal with what you're going for. Because in Cthulhu, everything has to do with what you're doing, right? Because <laughs> and if it's not, then it doesn't matter because if both the players and the characters are don't what, care or or no, but they're like uh, on edge about what's going to happen. So so it better have something to do with what's going on. Or <laughs> so I think uh, I think that's interesting. I hadn't even never thought about advancing the plot by being descriptive. But I think you can. I think you can because, like, it's like for example, remember I was talking about that lady asked me if if I didn't have a map, was it part of the adventure? 
in the, in uh-huh. the written adventure. And I said, yes, it is part of adventure, but I didn't have a map because they didn't make a map. And two, maps are usually used when there's a probability of, of uh, combat. Combat. So the same can happen if, not the same thing, but in, in a similar vein, if you describe something too much, like somebody, like you said, they're going to go, oh. Why That's spending, the one. <laughs> why is he spending so much time with that description of this person? That's why when when you're doing descriptions, you want to keep them short. You want to uh, maybe make sure that it's doing, it's it's invoking sense stuff, like what you smell, what you see, right. what you hear. But you don't want to be describing, you don't want to go down the list. Okay, so you walk into this bar and this is what you smell, this is what you hear, this That's, is what you see. Yeah, definitely should be more natural than that. Yes. <laughs> so... <laughs> Because then, then people are going to be looking at you going... Checkbox. <laughs> checked off. It smells. Touch. Taste. Is there taste in this place? Yeah, I definitely don't want that to happen. And I think uh, as long as as long as you do that kind of stuff and the, and the players kind of go, oh, okay, he's just describing, giving us a feel of the room. But then after players start asking stuff and asking about specifically something that catches their eye and you go from there i think that's the best way to do it is li- don't be too descriptive because then you're narrowing what the character what they're going to ask what about. the players see and yeah. what they what they envision and what they're going to think about asking but leave it more open and then using their questions you can give them more detail and then they can make up their own minds as if this is something that's important or not right I was I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about description and one guy said one of his one of his players always ask about what kind of food what's on the menu <laughs> and so he said he made up a chart because every single time the guy would ask what's on the menu so he made this random chart oh, yeah yeah I do and, all that too and he would roll and then he would go oh today it's cordon bleu and blah 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 <laughs> right and that because that was that was like important to that character right? right he wanted to know the player the player wanted to know <laughs> and it was like when when the boys were little alan always liked to go fishing yes. and so wherever we were in whatever town or village or anything especially village so in whatever town or village or wherever we were if there was a river or a pond or something then saw would say oh look there's a there's a river and alan would go oh can i go fishing <laughs> And then they would play out this scene where he would cast the line and and roll to see how many fish he caught. Right, and he was very happy with that. It was interesting because like I I don't I mean I do remember that, but I don't remember like why I did that or if I I just I figured he just was interested because he really he really liked it the first couple times you did it, so you just kept doing yeah. it, so it became a thing, right? Yeah. So the same with this guy. Every time they went into a tavern, he wanted That's to know right. what was on the menu. So and the, and the guy get, get the GM was like, "Oh man, I, I have to come up with something." Every- right? He kept thinking, "Oh, mutton stew and blah blah blah." Right? So yeah, you're right. He had this chart that he made, and then he would roll dice, and then he would tell him exactly. what It was, it was. a randomized table, right? Yes. A, yeah. Which I think is pretty neat. I think that's that's interesting, and I think a lot of GMs do this. A lot of GMs will will accommodate players who are like have a routine or something like that or have something that they'll they'll regularly ask about a lot of times you know people will ask about just like they go into a new city or to a new town or whatever uh where's the new tavern uh, i want to go to the to the gambling house and stuff like that or they'll ask about where the magic shop is because they want to see what magical items they can find or yeah, what yeah. they have to the weapons they need to get right i think that one as a gm that is a uh clue as to what they like about stuff 
or what they want to do. And two, it it's something that you realize that that's what the players really like, and it's just something that you know, it could be quirky, but it's something that you should accommodate the players with. Like Alan and his fishing, I, I accommodated him, and you know there, there was usually a stream or a pond nearby because people would go off. Uh, I think this would like this would be like the shopping stage, right? Yeah, or the down. You're in a village. You have a couple of days to kill. Right. What so are you do? what are you gonna do? They and then they work. they that's that is part of role playing that is kind of fun, right? Because then you get to see what your players want to. Maybe they're looking for clues, or maybe they just want to resupply their provisions right. but Some of a lot of times practical. a lot of times they they want to take a bath and you know find somewhere you <laughs> know clean get clean clothes and stuff like I that because you're trekking out in the middle of the forest and going through bogs and stuff when you get into a town what do you want just, to do you're, you're, sometimes you're on on the back of a horse and they they could smell like animals yes whatever smell that is <laughs> and they sweat and you sweat and there's dirt and could be rather icky and messy. So description is is in games is a lot of times just getting people to see where they are and then letting them do whatever they want. Right. right? I think you could really help yourself if you want. Uh, I think kind of with names, you know, have a list of names, or you can like that guy did. He could have you can make your own little chart about what's in a tavern. Right. It is the mood or what it looks like. And then there's always a chance that a player might ask, well, I want a nice higher-end tavern. Instead, I don't want to b- b- waste my time with a CD one because they want the, maybe they want to actually stay at a room in or in. Yeah. So th- that changes the your, what descriptions you're going to use. But if they don't ask and they're just randomly going somewhere, I think uh, having a nice table. Sometimes when players come at you and you're like, what? Like that guy with the menu. And then uh, what's on the menu today? And you and you, you don't want to sound the same as a GM. You, you want it like this one GM said, I forget what he was talking about, but that the players want to believe, and it helps immersion, that the world is the way it is, that you're not making stuff up right then and there. When you have stuff available already, when people ask you a question and you give them the answer, like, oh, this was planned out. You know, whether you've rolled dice before or whether you just had a list of names or a list of descriptions about places that you could just look. And especially if you look down and you read it, then people go, oh, we're on the right track. Or, oh, this, we're in this. Versus the GM looking off into space going, well, this is the third end that you've come along and they're <laughs> serving mutton stew, right? They all have mutton stew. <laughs> Everywhere has the same food in this world. <laughs> Is this sheet mutton? Yes. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had mutton stew then. We don't cook with uh, we don't cook with lamb. So I think it's something that's real easy that you can in- include in your game. Just simple descriptions. And like I said before, and Jolene said, is that it helps the players get immersed in the world, and it could it could actually you know be a starting point for people who look at a certain description or hear a description and say, oh, I'm going to investigate further. And it may lead to a side adventure, side quest. Or like you said, if you include it into the, into the main plot of the whatever your GM is machinations are or your, your GM machinations are, you can include that stuff in pretty easily, especially when players really buy into something. And I know that we spent a lot of time in this episode talking about taverns and stuff, yes. but that's because 
most places or most games that you play, there's going to be a bar or a meeting place, right? Where, and that's like the most common place when you walk into a new town that you're going to, there's an inn, right? And they have a bar or there's a bar and it's next to an inn or that kind of thing. So I know the description of that isn't, it applies to everything in the game, not just the tavern, right? Right. So when we say you're describing the tavern, it could be describing the scene of you walk onto a farm and this is what you see, or, or you're walking down a street and its description is for the whole game, not just the tavern. Right. And I think uh, one player, uh, one GM was talking about the docks, right? Oh, it's the docks. There's boats out there. But there's different things. That means different do. things to different people. Right. And so when you say, well, it smells like fish. You get uh, you see hear seagulls walking everywhere. You smell salt in the air. People get, in, uh, that invokes the dock or, or even describe the dock, whether it's like, oh, the dock is a little... You know, wobbly. Oh, okay, now that gives you the sense that it's something that's not been taken care of or that it's very old, right? So there's all kinds of things that you can, information that you can give the players without telling them, oh, it's a real old dock. You can just right. tell them, oh, it's a kind of wobbly. They're like, oh, okay. So they'll know what that means, right? Or, or, or they'll or, have an idea in yeah. their head. Or in their own Maybe head. it's not the same idea as you have, yeah. right? Because when you say the docks to me, I'm thinking of where the ships take off all the supplies and and then there's storehouses and right right so the, obviously when you yeah when you describe or or say something it's going to invoke all kinds of uh different images for images. people and then when you give a little bit of description it it might hack away at all these possibilities and get a more unified view of what the docks look like which and sometimes your players will go what do you mean yeah. <laughs> uh, or is this what you're is this what you're describing or this is what I'm seeing, well, right? Why is it wobbly? Is it damaged? Yeah, there and, and or is it old? <laughs> so, so be prepared to, you know, let them. What do you think? Or, or, or this is what it is. This is what thing. I see. Run this with is what, yeah. ideas. Yeah, and I think that's great. I think that, like I said, when you have the, when you have a, a player having a conversation with you during during role playing, that's what you want. That's, right. That's what role playing is about, and I think descriptions can help you get that kind of gameplay so it seems like a simple thing but think about what you're describing and kind of go with it right right figure it out what the people want versus what you're trying to convey yeah and use all the senses just don't use the sense of sight yeah i think it was was a lot of people were saying is that is that the more senses you don't have to include every sense in every place but uh you don't have to go down the five senses uh, (laughs) and or actually there's probably more um, but you don't have to just tell the specific things for each scene. <laughs> Somebody said that there was like 12 senses, I guess. Uh, but some of them we don't have. Like, I don't have the, the Spider-Man tingly sense. <laughs> so I don't have that sense. So hopefully this is helpful to you in your trying about. to... And you're thinking about when you're describing things. So your players aren't bored to death or don't have enough information. Right. I think one that, way or the wow, other. That, that's two, those are two very important things. Yeah. One, they're not bored. And two, they have enough information. That's well, because when you're describing something, you can go overboard with your description, right? So their right. players are falling asleep at the table. Yeah. Or you can't describe it enough. And then they're thinking one thing and you're in a totally different space, right? Right. 
So, because you don't want to be on a nice dock that's rickety versus a, a dock that's going to, you know, is totally different. <laughs> right. So there you go. This is Gaming Perspectives with Saul Angeline. You have a good day.